the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 175 for November 10th, 2008. <laughs> Greetings, folks, and welcome to the show. I'm Dave Hamilton. He's John Braun. Hi, John. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> What's wrong? It's been so long. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been weeks. It has. It exactly. Has, exactly. That's right. But you know, every now and then, I mean, you were traveling and, and just every now and then I think we, we need to take a little breather just to re- recharge our geek powers. Yeah, that's true. I did the absolute worst thing uh, travel wise oh. I've ever done. So, you know, I, I went to ad tech and in uh, New York city in New York, and you're in New Hampshire. Yeah, I'm in New Hampshire. I wanted to go. Uh, I had a meeting for the association uh, for of downloadable media. First thing in the morning at 10 AM. Yep. And then I had a dinner scheduled with Greg Snyder and Sean McAndrew, uh, two of our New York based folks for uh, backbeat media. And then lunch, I had the pleasure of having lunch with, two Russian programmers that I've been working with for 10 years and have never even spoken with, let the alone. The guys that make the site work. In a, in a sense, yeah, yeah. It, it, for a lot of things. I, I won't bore you with the details, uh, but no. but of, of, of all the nuances of what they do. But but I've been working with these guys for 10 years, never met them, never even spoken with them. It's all <laughs> been email and instant message. And so we went out and had sushi and drank a little vodka. Not very much vodka, but we figured with, you know, the <laughs> Russians, they had to pick vodka for us. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and so I wanted to do all this stuff. And as I started scheduling it, I noticed, oh, gosh, you know, hotels are like it was going to be like four or five hundred bucks to get a hotel room for one night. And I thought, mm. God, you know, I can do this round trip thing. And, uh, you know, I'll just do a one day thing. And I, that way I can sleep in my own bed, which is always my preference anyway. So it was like, no problem. Well, you know, I went to bed on Sunday night at 11. I woke up at four. Drove to the airport, got on the plane, then get off at JFK. I took the, uh, you know, the, the subway in. So that's another hour. Did all Wait, my, you ho- missed the, uh, sorry <laughs> to extend, but you missed the, uh, TSA, uh, oh, party. Yes. The, no, the, uh, the, cause usually they like you because your name is, is the same as some other evil. Person yes. No, I, I made it through security theater. No problem. And, uh, <laughs> security theater. That's yeah, right. It security. makes everybody feel secure because they see that, uh, everybody's, you know, doing their thing. They put on a nice show. It was smooth. It was, it was, you know, there were no, no rough edges. These guys were, uh, no understudies, uh, that morning. And, uh, so, you know, went through, did that, got to the meetings, did my whole day. And, you know, by the time I got back home, it was 2 a.m. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, Okay, at least I've saved the company some money. Well, then Tuesday and Wednesday, I was just totally shot because I had to be up first thing in the morning with the the kids and everything. And uh, it it didn't save the company any money. It essentially turned me into a, you know, walking zombie for a day and a half. Mm -hmm. So so I won't do that again. But uh, but it was it was fun. And, um, you know, I'm going to Austin next week. So I'll talk a little bit about this now and then and then next week. I'll talk more, but I got one of those Kensington and there's a bunch of companies that make them. I got one of those Kensington kind of snap on iPhone battery reducers. It's a, just an extended battery and it charges essentially charges the iPhone from this little extra battery pack, but you can use it while it's doing it. Does it uh, charge it or does it act as a external battery or or, it charges it? It it, it it is charging. It acts as a charger. The iPhone sees it as a charger. 
and it will pass through charge. So when you plug this thing in, you then plug. Okay. Uh, and it's it's actually really cool, and it worked really well for the day. I th- I'm going to have more experience with it next week, so we'll talk more about it. But uh, just figured I'd throw it out there because I knew I wasn't going to have a laptop with me all day, and I I I figured well I'll probably wind up taxing the battery on the iPhone. So, <laughs> uh, so that's that's one little cool thing I found that we'll talk about a little bit more. You found something cool. Actually, our listeners pointed out two very cool things, and one of them you wrote about this morning uh, for. Uh, for TMO on the site for your Mac gadget. Yes, I did. So Monday's Mac gadget. Yes, it's back probably every uh, two weeks or, you know, we'll see. Cool. But anyways, so the piece of software I found and basically what I pointed out is in general, the Unix roots of Mac OS X, um, part of Unix uh, being a, at some times a server operating system, there are scripts that run daily, weekly, and monthly to just clean up all the garbage that you really don't need. It's helpful in the short term, but not in the long term. Uh, the problem is with a lot of portables, as, as I pointed out, and I think all of us do, is your computer's not on 24-7 for the most part. Um, so what this does, it's a utility that kind of nudge the operating system to do these oh, things. What's the name of the utility? I'm sorry. Macaroni. I like it. <laughs> and their logo is cool too it has a little little noodle but anyways so macaroni what it does is at the very minimum it lets you view um but also schedule or force the daily weekly and monthly unix uh scripts that normally run under uh open bsd or you know the bsd core that i guess mac os 10 is is currently based on um, the cool part, so number one, it lets you look at, if you click on one of these and it has a big text window, you can see all of the things it's trying to do. Well, that's kind of cool because then you, it, you you get to your inner geek in that you can see <laughs> the commands that are running on the console level or the text level that are part of these scripts. But then it also, um, the next thing is it lets you do a couple of other extra things. So um some people wrote in and said, well, you know, I, I like some other utilities. They'd let me run these scripts. What I like is this lets you look into exactly what the scripts do um, and the feedback oh. from the uh, from the terminal. Okay. But then also they, they do a they have a couple of other options and, and it's open actually to anything. But they have a um, repair permissions task and a remove localized files task, which so two of those, the uh, repair permissions, as we all know, permissions sometimes get screwed up and uh, your Mac doesn't do what it should. Well, this is, you know, scheduling a task to check that. It may take a little while, so you got to be think about when you'd want this run. But then another one, remove localized files. And other utilities do this, but it's cool in that I think what the aim is, you know, if you just downloaded something eventually I'll cleanse that because a lot of times you have multiple languages and multiple resources in a file. You're never going to use them. Okay. And so by, by localized files, I'm just going to try and crystallize this a little bit. What they mean is if I install a piece of software and the only language I ever use is English, I don't care to have all of the other language packs built, you know, baked into that, that, into you know whatever yes. i've installed so this will remove everything that i don't want to be there essentially exactly so just like you know mac os windows whatever they all have versions that are keyed towards a certain region let's right. not assume that everybody reads and writes and wants to see english <laughs> sure for a moment i'm sorry well yeah, sure i can't help it <laughs> no, right. well, and we do do the podcast in english okay. so it's it's uh 
that, Sorry. That we, well, no, we have plenty of listeners whose pr- whose primary language is not English, and uh, and I know I know this, but uh, but you know it, it is the language we speak, but but that that certainly doesn't mean it's the language that everyone has to. Yeah. So so I think they actually default to. So I know a little Spanish. You probably do also for being in Texas and just school and stuff like that. School mostly. Yeah. But I but I think their default is English and Spanish will keep, which I think is a safe assumption for most of the U.S. Um, otherwise, you can you can pick and choose which languages you want kept or, or stripped, which, uh, you know, it, it can build up if you get a you know, it's nice that application developers think of that. But when you don't need it, you don't need it. So cool. Now, it, the these scripts without macaroni in place, the scripts are supposed to run. And we've talked about this before that should. sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, especially if a machine's asleep, it, it, it sort of gets into this fuzzy thing. Now, macaroni, from what I see, claims that they will run these things or it will run these things on a regular schedule. You don't have to go out of your way to do it. You just need to, what do you leave macaroni running in the background? Is that, is that how it well, works? Well, I think for the each task in their scheduled jobs window, which is the, the normal one you'll see in the article or their website, yep. um, there's a schedule attached to that. The cool part is it shows you the last time it happened. And actually, in my case, it happened at like one in the morning. So actually, this is an interesting thing. It, it explains, I think, sometimes when if you're up at one or two in the morning and all of a sudden your Mac becomes very unresponsive. Yeah. You know what I think it's doing? I think it's doing its maintenance ta- maintenance task or tasks. Again, it could be daily, weekly, right. monthly. Right. Because I wonder that sometimes. I mean, you've seen this too sometimes, Dave, especially if you use our favorite menu meters. All of a sudden, the read light goes on and it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, right, right. Huh. And I think we're going to touch on that a little later about how tasks link to what's happening yeah, actually, actually, that's right. Yeah, we have a we have a question about that later. OK, cool. Uh, so we got an email. Actually, we got several emails uh, and several. And of course, for some reason, I've got this all organized <laughs> the wrong way. But uh, it, someone wrote it, and I'm not sure what this person's name is. So I'll just read the email. Hey, guys, I've recently finished listening to Mac Geek Cab 173, and I'm surprised to hear you did not know about Marco Polo. This freeware app can do a ton of great stuff. It looks for clues about the environment that it is in, such as time of day, any attached USB devices, what network you're connected to, power source if you're on a MacBook, and so on. Set up correctly, I reckon this could solve two of the listener problems, one of which is the guy with the classroom of Macs. And I'm not sure that that's... It it can... So... Here's what this does. It's a piece of software. You install it and it's a system preference pane. So it's always kind of sitting there and you can configure it to watch for certain parameters. Uh, Like like he said here, um, you can have it check what network you're connected to. For me, uh, I can have it check what monitor is connected externally and and then you can have it also look for different bonjour devices or whether you're on Ethernet or whether you're on Air, you know, huh. airport or what airport networks it sees. And and with each of these pieces of criteria, you say, OK, if I have this, chances are uh, I'm on, you know, I'm at this location and you kind of define locations within the uh, within the software. Now, those locations can map to your network locations or they can just be Marco Polo locations. And the idea is you say, OK, look, if my monitor is plugged in and I'm plugged into, you know, a, a cinema display and it's this. Chances are I'm at home and 
you know, that's better than even. So we'll say about 75% chance, you know, then I could say, and if you see an HP LaserJet 3055 printer, uh, you know, that's a 50% chance that I'm at home because most of the time that's true, but I've also got the same printer down at our office in Austin. So it's possible that uh, I'm there and you set different, you know, levels of confidence for each of these criteria that you set. And it works out really, really well. Uh, so, it, you know, you, you kind of do this and then you can have it run things or set different settings based on where you are. So it, once it decides, OK, you know, Dave's in his office. Well, now it should set uh, my static IP address for for my, you know, my computer and, uh, you know, set up which which is my default printer and, uh, you know, all sorts of things. The one thing that I couldn't find it uh, able mm. to do now, it'll do shell scripts. So perhaps this is something I could do with a shell script. But mm. I wanted it to set my time zone because as I float around, I would really mm. like my time zone to, uh, you know, certainly when I get back to the office, I would like it to set it back to Eastern mm. time. And it doesn't. So or at least I couldn't find it. One. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Well, does the iPhone do that? The iPhone or the MacBook? No, I'm sorry. So MacBook probably doesn't, though. You know, I've been reading more, and I sent you a little link here, Dave. But um, I've been reading more about this whole field of, I know where I am because my Wi-Fi adapter is this, and I see whatever and whatever. Um, I'm I'm actually gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pause the show here for a second, folks, and we're gonna fix John's Skype thing. Okay, we're back, and I think John, you're much clearer now. Say hi, John. Hi, John. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so no, this, this software is pretty cool. And, uh, and you know, I, it, two people this week mentioned at least two. Uh, I did not get through all the email um, that, that came through in the last couple of weeks. But, uh, but you know, people have mentioned it before, and I, I just never dug in. But it is definitely a cool thing found. So, uh, yep. And I guess it all touches on this whole, you know, context aware computing kind of. Uh, MIT has been doing this for, for a long time. And it's and actually now with the you know the iPhone and GPS and Skyhook and all that it, it it's more and more my device knows where I am what else is what's happening around me that's interesting yeah I think it's really kind of well cool and scary <laughs> right yeah yeah cool if it's pulling the information and making decisions about it now if it's pushing your location out certainly without you knowing that's bad and even with you knowing I mean with with applications like BrightKite and um, and looped and all that stuff, you know, people can, people could follow you around. Certainly they could follow me around. Um, and sometimes that's okay. And sometimes it's probably not, but. So if you plan on following me or Dave around, please, you know, give us a heads up. So that's right. Okay. <laughs> our, uh, our first sponsor for the show is smile on my Mac. And this week and this month, we're talking about disc label. Now disc label is a piece of software that allows you to create labels, cases, jewel case inserts, DVD case inserts, all on your own. Uh, you can, it's got templates built into it, or you can design them from scratch. It pulls in track information from iTunes or photos or photo names from iPhoto and supports just about every label that you can buy, including the direct to CD printers, the light scribe and the disc painter. 
and that sort of thing. Uh, there are there's a screencast that that uh, Don McAllister, you know, from Screencasts Online, Smile on My Mac has a screencast that that he did for them up there that show that kind of walks you through this. It is so easy to create labels that look really, really professional and really, really cool. And the idea is here, you know, you can it, we're, we're heading into the holiday season. The economy is, let's say, iffy. We don't yeah. really, we don't really know what's going on. But, Sorry. you know, here you stretch your holiday budget, right? By by creating stuff yourself, you do some, uh, you know, build some maybe a DVD of some you know family photos and you put some music to it and then you can build your own custom uh, disc label with disc label. And uh, they've got, I think it's a, a huge clip art library that you can, you can download along with it. Of course, there's a free trial available at smile on my Mac.com. And then you can purchase for thirty nine ninety five. So that's disc label and disc label 5.3 uh, was just released, which includes support for aperture and multiple iPhoto libraries, which actually is wow. something that more and more of us all do. So, Nice. Smile Custom on the labels rock. Yeah. Yeah, they can. They certainly can. And this makes it easy for those of us that uh, have perhaps um, less uh, Photoshop ability. <laughs> right. That's, which is me. You know, I'm my, in that camp. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's hey, let's George? go on to some questions. Yeah. Let's uh, let's see what, what old oh, George George has to say. Hi, Dave and John. This is George from Massachusetts. I've listened to the Mac Geek app for several years, and I think you guys are terrific. My question has to do with access to public Wi-Fi sites that require you to pay a fee to use them. I've run into these sites, for example, at some airports. In a variety of your podcasts, you've described how to secure a home wireless network. Because these sites are open to the public, though, they don't employ any of the privacy techniques you've described, such as WPA2 password protection or wireless MAC address access control lists. Given all that, my question is, what prevents another user who is accessing the same wireless network from observing the credit card information those networks ask you to enter? For example, could an identity thief simply connect to such a public network, run a sniffer application on his or her computer, and record your credit card information? Thanks for the help, and keep up the good show. Thanks, George. Uh Great question. So, yeah. So the idea is you've got to enter a credit card, right, John, when you, you know, connect to these public Wi-Fi networks or some of them. And that that it seems counterintuitive to, to, to me and, of course, to George, that you'd want to do this on a network that is by its very nature insecure. Or is it? Yes. Well, what I've what I've seen and um, for the people that want to, you know, purely from a. Uh, you know, educational standpoint, want to see what this is all about. Getting something like Wireshark or another packet monitor will show you that in general on wireless access points, a lot of things get flinged about that are probably not meant versus a switch or something. Um, based on what I've seen in a lot of airports and stuff, just based on the number of like the last time when we were at the podcast expo, when I was in Vegas, oh my gosh, there were probably 15 people in the airport sharing their iTunes library and they probably didn't know it or they yeah. were aware of it. So uh, what I'm saying is that it's easy to share things that you don't want people to see. So to get back to the question, what you should make sure of is that if you are accessing, you know, the, these sort of points here that at the very least you have HTTPS, uh, which means secure connection. Okay. So, okay. So looking looking in the browser window when you're connecting, just like when you're connecting to your bank or anything else, you want it not to say right. HTTP colon slash slash, but HTTPS. 
Yes. And uh, some browsers, um, IE7 does something special, Firefox, and other, a lot of times it's really kind of obscure. But if you look at the address bar, if you have one, which you should, or enable it, if you see HTTPS, that means your traffic between you and whatever you're talking to is secure. In that case, I would enter the credit card. Now, Otherwise, Safari also indicates this by putting a little uh, silhouette of a, a lock. lock in the upper yes. right-hand corner of the browser window just to kind of drive that point home. So, Right. So, and I guess the only thing that I and maybe you feel, feel is, is not quite right. A lot of times, uh, there are some browsers like Firefox, I think, initially, and some browsers will say, hey, you're connecting to whatever. Do you want to know if it's secure or not? And you're usually like, go away. You're interfering with my browsing experience. But anyways, to get down to the question, Got it. if you're going to log into a unknown you know if it looks legit it probably is i hope don't do a point to point only do a network connect not a uh, ad hoc connection because that's that that's wrong <laughs> right and there are actually some things living still on some windows machines i still see under the ad hoc network which is a point to point computer to computer network i still see Windows machines advertising public Wi-Fi on oh, ad hoc yeah. networks, which is is wrong because you can't really, for the most part, do that unless somebody's trying to scam you. So, anyways, um, on the yes? on the Mac, just to just to be clear, on the Mac, ad hoc networks, which are networks that people have created themselves on their own computer, as opposed to an infrastructure right. network where you're connected to a base station, they will show up separately. And there'll be a distinction between the regular infrastructure networks and the ad hoc networks in your airport little drop down menu from the menu bar. And it says computer to computer, I believe. Right, John? I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's what it says. And, and so Sounds there'll be right. a, a category heading that says computer to computer. Only choose that if you are absolutely certain of what it is you're connecting to. So and right. that was poor so English, line, but great message. So yeah. on my part. So the bottom line is. Initial connection, make sure there's an S. Past that, then you probably want to use a VPN or or, or something like that. Oh, it, yeah. it never hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, right. And you know, Pilot Pete uses I gotta we gotta ask him about this. He's not here. He's I think he's actually in the air at the moment. Uh he hmm. uses a, a a kind of a, a public VPN service. It's for pay, but it's relatively cheap. But with all the traveling he does, he connects to this VPN. And then he knows, you know, that he's secure no matter where he is. So, uh, well, I, well, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't have to write right. it down to ask him. He'll listen to the show. He'll know and he'll, he'll put it on the I list to so. mention next time. Yeah. Back off VPN is virtual private network. It's basically securing traffic between my computer and your computer through various devious cryptographic means. Usually That's I, right. I know a little about this, but, uh, you know, if it's done right, like SSL for an HTTPS connection like we were talking about, suffice to say, if, if your traffic is encrypted with that, people who are evil will move on to something easier. So one would hope. <laughs> cool. Yep. Now we talked about Wireshark. I mean, that's a, a good. To, and actually, I, I had a little bout with Wireshark because apparently the, the, the latest version on the Intel machine I have at work now, which is fun, the Mac Mini. Um, apparently you have to run a startup script to change permissions on the device that lets you look at other network devices. It's kind of squirrely. I don't know if you've done Wireshark lately. No. Uh, interesting. 
it's kind of weird, but because I'm on my uh, G5, it just kind of installed and it showed all the interfaces. But apparently, there have been changes in the way. Um, uh, I'll link to a article about the details. But suffice to say, on Intel machines, what I've seen, you can't just install Wireshark. But Wireshark is great, especially if you're in an airport and you want some entertainment. <laughs> oh yeah. Even if you don't authenticate on their wireless access point, as long as you get a connection of any sort. I've done this and uh, I probably should stop. <laughs> it's, it's just, you're trying to quit. Is that right? There's a, there's a support group, you know, we'll be, we'll be meeting at Macworld. Uh, <laughs> Macworld. Speaking of. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about Macworld. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll jump around the agenda. So Macworld Expo is January 5th through 9th. As most of you know, we, let's see. I, um, there's a couple things happening at Macworld Expo. So there's lots. There's too much. Happening. Actually, that, that's true. Yeah. So uh, the Mac Observer and Backbeat Media, along with our uh, sponsors for the party, which I'll, I'll go ahead and announce right now. And I'm wow. Hoping, yeah. I wasn't planning on doing this, so I'm going to I'm going to do this from memory. So we have Ambrosia, Dr. Nice. Bot, Accelerate, Microsoft, the Mac business unit and Sonic, the, the Roxio folks. So those are our those are our sponsors for the party of course hosted by the Mac Observer and Backbeat Media Cirque de Mac 6.0. This is six year we're doing it. Uh, will be happening on Wednesday night. The location is chosen, locked in, and undisclosed. Uh, we that may that may change as we move forward, but but for now we have moved it. Uh, it is at a more appropriate location. Not that there was anything wrong with Red Devil, but. It uh, it oh, was it was a little bit packed the house. Well, yeah, and that was it. It was a little bit overpacked. Packed is good. Mm. Red Devil kind of in the last couple of years got to overpacked. Over-packed. So we found we found this other place that I, I really think is just going to be absolutely perfect. So uh, so that's Cirque de Max six. That's Wednesday night. That is invite only, and you need an invite. And we'll work on uh, getting some for uh, for you folks here uh, later in December. We can worry about that then. But that that is the uh, I'll. I'll pimp myself right now and say, if you see me on the show floor and you recognize me, I, I may have a ticket. One, Absolutely. Just one. So where Maybe w- two or three or. Go ahead. No, this is good. So where <laughs> will you see us on the show floor? Well, uh, we're on the show floor. <laughs> yeah. On, on Tuesday. What did you do on Tuesday afternoon? Uh, so January 6th. So keynote day, Tuesday at 430 oh. p.m. John and I will be in uh, booth 3036 in the North Hall. This is the Macworld Learning Center. So there's a little stage there. There's seating. And you folks can come watch us do a live podcast. Now, we're going to do a podcast like this, similar to this. So if nobody shows up, <laughs> uh, we're, we're still doing it. Well, it's the- You know, I'd be fired. It's after the keynote, right? Right. I think we'd probably talk a bit about that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll share our, our keynote. We'll share our keynote reactions. We will happily take questions from from, from folks the staff. There. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We're going to have a good staff there. Yeah, yeah. So we're so we're doing that. That's at four thirty on on Tuesday. Then at two thirty on Thursday, John and I are back in the same place, booth thirty thirty six, doing another keynote. Now, typically we do three podcasts at MacWorld. We usually do one once we've both hit the ground. Sort of our pre-show thing. That one's always one that we say we're not sure if we're going to do, but nine times out of ten, we do it. <laughs> uh, 
we always do the one on Tuesday after the keynote. So we talked about that. Then the Thursday one will be our uh, reactions and picks from the show floor. So uh, we'll talk about some of the TMO editors choice awards that uh, that struck our fancy. And and we'll, we'll you know, anything else that that sort of popped up on our. our We're doing that. We're doing that, too. Yep. The editors. Yeah. The editors. (laughs) Kind of rough last time. It was good. That was a great thing. Uh, I was. uh, (laughs) It was feisty. (laughs) And then on Thursday morning. So that's at 2.30 p.m. The uh, the live podcast Thursday morning at 11 a.m. I'm doing my running your Mac lean, clean and mean. Uh, I have a room for that. I don't know it off the top of my head, but, you know, I'm thinking I might have been smart enough to put it in my calendar. So if iCal could actually open here and not crash on me, uh, you know, that would be a good thing. And I could mention the room, but you need to have a pass to get into that room. It's in it's in room. You know, I don't know where it is. It's uh, U.S. 931 is the session. It is in room 2001 across the street in the West Hall, which is where all the conference sessions are. In order to get into the conference sessions, though, you need a pass, a conference pass, a user's pass, uh, a power tools, you know, something more than just an expo hall pass. Early bird pricing on those goes until December 1st, but we have at least two, perhaps three of them to give away to you folks. Now this is a contest. We're doing another little contest here, John. And this one's actually open up, uh, not just to listeners of the geek app, but to listeners of uh, both podcasts here at the Mac Observer, the Apple Weekly Report, and and of course our Mac Geek Gab, and anyone who reads the site. But we had so much fun with the haikus last time, and we only mm-hmm. did it here for the podcast. So we're going to open up and we're going to do haikus for everybody. So being that early bird pricing ends on December first, we wanted to make sure that anyone who didn't win the contest still had the opportunity to take advantage of that. So between now. And the end of the day on November 24th, readers and listeners of TMO's site and podcast can submit haikus to be considered. There's an article up on the site that talks about all this. We'll link to it. But in essence, you send your haiku to haiku at MacObserver.com. We will get them. We will evaluate them. We will judge them. The TMO staff is the final judge and jury with all of these. So what we yeah. pick goes. That's right. Uh, as with Anybody the last- can veto, right? Absolutely. Haikus must be your own original work. Uh, if we can find the haiku on Google with someone else as the author, you might want to use a different one. And we'll send the TMO goons to talk to you. That's right. Uh, the top <laughs> prize is a Power Tools conference pass valued at uh, $925. US The runner-up uh, will receive a user's conference pass for $350. Both will get you in to the session that I'm doing and any other sessions uh, that are happening as part of those conferences. And, and you can look on Macworld's website to see the, to see the difference between the two uh, winners will be announced on the site and via email to the email from which the haiku came on November 26th, which is the Wednesday prior to Thanksgiving. Um, we are not, this is only for conference passes. So we are not providing travel. You must already be planning to go to do this, but there's no cost to enter. And uh, you may submit as many haikus as you like. So haiku at MacObserver.com. The subject, the topic, the, 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 the capitalization of the haiku is totally <laughs> up to you. But, of course, anything that has to do with TMO or the Mac or Macworld Expo or Mac Geek Gab or whatever is certainly 
most likely going to gain preference. So you think I do think <laughs> I, I know so, actually, because I, I know one of the judges. I think I know more than one of the judges. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I hope. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So that's it. That's uh, that's everything for Macworld. Uh, Excellent. I'm yeah. pumped. It's, and uh... and we are prepping. So there's two things going on here. Uh, we have we will do a podcast between probably sometime in December, talking about our and your Macworld Expo tips. So send them in to us. We've already got some in. They're coming in really nicely. Uh, so that that's happening. Then. The first week of December, as is typical, I'm leaving. I'm gone. Totally mm. detaching from the grid. We're going to Disney World. Uh, Sweet. I'll run an interview with Paul Kent that we will do uh, prior to that. And some of you have actually already sent in some questions for us to ask Paul. Which they is, have. I know. And so smart. People we are so ask. smart. Yeah. He may not answer, but I think he will because mm-hmm. Paul is just... He's a swell guy. And Paul, of course, will be playing with me um, in the Macworld All-Star Band on Wednesday he's, night at Cirque de Max He's smoking. He is. He's Last great. I saw. Yeah, man. He's great. So uh, so that's that. That's Macworld Expo, right? We did it all? We did it all. Okay, so send in your okay. questions. Send in your tips. And uh, with that, we move right on to Peter. Hi, John and Dave. This is Peter from Syracuse, New York. I've got another question for you guys. I'm running in a brand new iMac 24 inch here at my work. And every night when I go home, something happens so that when I return in the morning, there is a process called applet taking up 100% of one of the CPU cycles. It seems to be um, a child process of one of the kernel tasks, but I have no idea what it is. Is there some way that I can figure out what's causing this applet to open up and take up all my CPU? When I force quit it, nothing seems to happen, and I just don't know what's causing it. Um, so, yeah, is there a way that you can actually dig for a little bit more information than Activity Monitor gives you as far as the parent of an application or process? Um, this is where you cut me off. And we will cut you off. Uh, okay, so cut you, him off. Go, you What do you think about this, John? Well, I think, did, he, did, did I hear, it, it was kind of hard to hear. Did he say applet? Applet. That's what I heard too. A P P L E T. If he said applet, applet is a kind of Java deal. That would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, but I'm trying to think about why this thing runs. And I, I think what you and I, Dave, we, we kicked around this a bit. And I think the best way to figure out what is running this, because so he's seeing it, I guess, in activity monitor. Right. Um, but if, you have a process in activity monitor and you double click on it, which is not immediately obvious. Right. Hey, you get a window that shows you some other interesting things. And for the most part, if you double click on something, you can then click on a, and I can't see it's open, it right open now. files and ports is the tab you want to go to. Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. right. Isn't that where we're going? I yeah. think so. Yeah, it is. Open files and ports. Now, when you look I'm at I'm sorry, that, open files and ports. You're right. So yeah. so it shows a kind of text dump of all the things that have happened recently to launch that task. And then I guess, Dave, you zeroed in. So I'll toss yeah. it back to you on, on what am I seeing and what does it mean? Right. So what you're seeing there, and it, it might help to stretch the window wide open, uh, but yeah. what you're seeing is a list of every file on your hard drive that and and 
some of these might be devices, so they might be virtual files, but it essentially lists every the name and location of every file, the full path of every file that this application uh, or this process is touching. More often than not, either the top one or the second one listed, and there, there's going to be, you know, dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of files uh, shown here. Because I'm, as, as, I'm on tens, at least than the one I'm looking at, okay. which is uh, yeah, but yeah. But the first one. But it could one, be scary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be scary. You can ignore the bottom because really you're looking at the top. It shows them basically in the order in which they've been accessed. Uh, mm-hmm. So the first one or the second one is more often than not going to point you toward the application. So if, for example, if you're running iChat, right? And, uh, you know, I don't have iChat running. So I'm going to say something else. If you're running Skype, which I happen to be running. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I go to open files and ports on Skype, the first thing that is listed there is applications slash mm-hmm. Skype slash content slash Mac OS slash Skype. And, uh, and then the second one is users, Dave, library, application support, Skype. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty darn sure I know where the application is. Look for the one in the mm-hmm. applications folder and boom, you're there. So that that would to me, that would help Peter kind of zero in on at least what's causing this may not give you much of an indication why, but at least mm-hmm. the what is answered, and then you can now, sort of... maybe console, our friend console, Dave, I love console, but you may want to go on console and see if whatever app you're seeing in the first few has generated any... Uh, and I don't know if there's a way to do that directly through Activity Monitor. I don't think so. No, I don't think there is. I think... Um, so... But yeah. console is also a good place. You know, if things are starting to get wonky, look in console. I think there's a, I don't see it in front of me right now, but system log and, and, and a few other files that usually if there's a catastrophic or, you know, really upsetting error, it'll, it'll place something there. So, yeah. 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 We'll cover the whole field here. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> what next? Uh, all right. Well, we we jumped around a little bit. Uh, I was going to play this as sort of the intro to MacWorld, but we played our own little intro to MacWorld. So I, I just wanted to. Well, Dave has something. Hey guys, to say. my name's Dave. Uh, let's end to the latest episode 174, where uh, John's venting about the uh, trade show and them charging for Wi-Fi. Um, I just wanted to chime in, and I thought you guys would find it funny. I was at a trade show in Las Vegas Convention Center about uh, about a month and a half ago. And different industry. I'm in uh, sales and the cleaning industry, so it's not a tech thing. But uh, I thought it was quite outrageous that the only Wi-Fi network I could see in the convention hall was for vendors. And I tried to pull it up, and it brought me to the login page. And uh, obviously, I didn't have an account, so they show the charges. $600 for 24 hours that they wanted to charge the vendors just to get on Wi-Fi. I just thought that was absolutely freaking ridiculous. But anyways, uh, obviously no need to respond and stuff, but uh, in case you wanted to just share another story or whatever, my email is... All right, there you go. Whoa! Yeah, it- Well, you know, I think for a day's worth of access at a trade show, it's worth what I pay in a year <laughs> for the same level of access at my house. I, have, I don't know about you, Dave. I have to say, we've we've looked at booths uh, at various trade shows over uh, the years, and I can't remember which one it was, but I think it was recent. It may have been Ad Tech because we were we were toying with the idea of doing a booth. Uh, but but don't don't hold me to this. But I've certainly seen 
where Wi-Fi or not Wi-Fi internet for the day costs a thousand right wired internet costs one thousand dollars per booth again the 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 price you could get a entire month entire year consumer or a year i'm sorry yeah if not a month i don't pay a grand a month (laughs) yeah yeah i'm sorry yeah i mean a year yeah well yeah i mean there are costs involved in setting up and wiring and but but profit center two words that's all it takes yep there we go Moving and, on. Yeah, if they can get it, they can get it. Uh, okay, so our second sponsor here is Circus Ponies with Notebook 3.0. You've heard us talk about this before. Now, this software is an electronic notebook, or it allows you to build multiple electronic notebooks. And inside each notebook, you can tie together, of course, your notes in an outline form. You can put PDFs in. You can put sketches, diagrams, and text it's even got handwriting recognition software. So if you're scratching uh, notes out on a, a tablet or if with your mouse, if you're uh, if you're so inclined or even if you scan mm-hmm. something in that you've pulled in, uh, it will go through and do handwriting recognition. Uh, allow you to the new version allows you to do diagrams and sketches and you can annotate PDFs right inside the notebooks. So you can pull together all sorts of different things in unrelated formats uh, all into one notebook so that if you've got a project going on or if you have uh, say a class you're taking and and you need to tie all this stuff together, notebook 3.0 from circus ponies will do it. Uh, It is uh, available now. Uh, I know when we started talking about this, it, it hadn't come out yet, but it is available now. If you are a notebook uh, 2.0 user and uh, you bought it in the last year or essentially bought it in 2008. So not in the last year, but bought it this year. Uh, You can upgrade to version 3.0 for free. If you bought it prior. Yeah. If you bought it prior to that, it's 1995 to upgrade before November 30. After that, it's 2995 and a full license is 3995. As with everything these days, there is a free trial available. So if you haven't used it before, go ahead to circusponies.com, download it, give it a test, give it a try, and uh, once you're ready to go, thirty nine ninety five right there inside the app or or at their website. So, Circus Ponies Notebook three point oh, and uh, as always, we appreciate uh, their sponsorship. Moving along, I think it's time Where for Tim. We? It's time for Tim. Tim, I think so. Go Tim. Sure, why not? We'll take we'll take it. Hello, John and Dave. My name's Tim. I'm in Danbury, Connecticut. Hey. I have a MacBook Pro 17-inch Intel machine, and I use several external DACs or digital audio converters to route sound to different devices on my uh, office, from headphones to speakers and whatnot. I'd like to know if there's any way I can route the sound to two of the DACs at the same time. I've tried many different utilities and the control band, but I only ever seem to be able to route the sound output from my system to any one DAC at any one time. So I'd like to use at least two at once, if not more. Do you know of any utilities or anything that'll let me do this? Thank you. Yeah, actually I do. I'm using one of them right now and you've probably heard me talk about it. If you've listened to the show for any length of time, audio hijack pro from rogue amoeba, this software, not for the fainted heart. Uh, the, the UI is not really built to, uh, hold your hand or walk you through anything, 
but you could inside Audio Hijack Pro, you hijack uh, whatever it is that whatever sound it is that you want to route to multiple places. Now, this could just be system audio, and that's certainly an option. So you're capturing everything. And then you go into effects and you create an effect called, uh, and I, you know, I don't want to screw this up, auxiliary device output. And that is in the, I believe it's in the 4FX effect group inside Audio Hijack Pro. So you create an effect, you go to 4FX effects and choose auxiliary device output and then send the sound out to whatever you want. And you can do multiple uh, auxiliary device outputs in parallel and it will send it out to everything simultaneously. Uh, I've done it here. We use Audio Hijack in addition to uh, Wiretap Anywhere from Ambrosia. So that's uh, Audio Hijack from Rogue Amoeba, Wiretap Anywhere from Ambrosia uh, to kind of reroute all the audio and make the make the show. Make it so that we can record and mix it, quote unquote, live. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Back to Peter. Right, John? Not not. Peter that we heard from, but Peter that wrote in because he's having some sound problems too. Mm. Yeah. He says, I was messing with the sound settings and system preferences the other day so I could record some guitar riffs with my audio cord. The only thing I recall changing is the default input, but for some reason, since I changed that setting, the OS doesn't play notification sounds. For example, when I empty the trash, no crumpling paper noise. When I move a file, there isn't that usual clinging noise or an iChat. When I get a new message, it doesn't beep at me. Error messages also have no sound, no sound accompanying them. When I adjust the volume, it still makes that notification sound, and the sound still works with web pages, iTunes, movies, etc., but not with the OS notifications. Any idea what setting I have to change to get this back? So, John, you you had a you had a, a good path here on this one. I did. I think so. <laughs> of course, I did. So you go to sound. So system preferences sound sound effects and what you're going to notice here is a couple of finer tuned options here please user interface sound effects and play feedback when volume is changed so um i would dig into this control panel and just see if things are set up the, the way you think they are now what dave and i also found Okay. Now there's also another place you could look at where there are some prep files that, you know, if things are really kind of messed up. You, you want to nuke and, Oh, I don't have them in front of me here right now. I have them. You, you prepped them. I'll read them. So, uh, no. library. So hard drive library preferences, com dot apple dot audio dot device settings dot P list. And, com.apple.audio.systemsettings.plist. Oh, yeah. So basically, yeah, if, if if you're really in a rough state where your sounds are not doing what they should, and I think I've run into this, Dave, I, I think actually at work I'm running in, into this, but um, go and nuke those, uh, you know, delete those files. Maybe you want to back them up just in case, mm-hmm. but then uh, delete those files and recreate them, and in all likelihood you'll... Uh, get what you're looking for because i've run into this too every now and then you just your machine doesn't make any sound what do you do yep get rid of the prep files okay so the interesting thing is i you had prepped all all that information and i sent it off to peter and peter wrote back and he says the funny thing was that that setting the play user interface sound effects setting was on says i should have mentioned that in my original Hmm. email but i forgot 
Anyway, I unchecked it, then rechecked it, restarted, and all my sound came back. So to me, that speaks to exactly what what you were saying with a, a you yeah. know potentially damaged preference file. Rewriting that setting may very well have done it. As we were going through this, I was reminded of when I had the same issue where iChats wouldn't come through. And this was on a previous version of, I think it was a previous 10.5. It wasn't, it wasn't tiger. It was definitely leopard. But what I had to do was go into the audio MIDI setup application and, and change. And I don't know why this happens, but, but the sample rate got changed. So instead of being at, I think it's 44.1, it was at 36 or something uh, kilohertz. And and nothing was working right. So I changed the sample rate and boom, everything worked right. So that that may also be a place to check. Audio mini. That's a really weird. Oh, yeah. 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 It is a weird app. But yeah, get. Yeah. You go to the audio uh, tab in that. Not the uh, not the MIDI tab, obviously. And then and then you can set the sample rate. But actually, mine's uh, 222 2007. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Your Skype's doing weird things again, but it, it did it again earlier, and it, and then it magically got better. So we'll see if that uh, bandwidth uh, manager in Skype does its thing. Uh, all right. Where are we time-wise here? Do we have... Uh, we should have... Well, yeah, we should talk about... We should definitely talk about Aaron, because... Uh, Aaron. Yeah, because he did something very cool. Aaron says, I was listening to your latest podcast, number 174, and my ears perked up when I heard you talking about time machine and sparse bundle errors. The re- and I know this is, this is something near and dear to your heart, John. <laughs> the <laughs> reason like being... Big what, problems. Big problems. You and Jeff Gamut, right? Two, two, two of you on the uh, TMR Jeff team. Is not, it, if it's me and Jeff, it's bigger than both of us. So. That's right. Uh, the reason being, i just gone through... Just such a failure as you described in your show. And as you suggested, it wasn't the first time that it happened to me. But the only time it has happened to me is when I sleep my MacBook when it's in the midst of a backup. I found a way to fix the problem after the fact and blogged about it. So we'll uh, we'll 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 link to this blog. But, John, you you sort of dissected this a little bit. You want to talk about what uh, what he found here? No. Well, I could. But but basically what I think he found is that. It's a uh, FSC. It's a low-level Unix utility that helps you uh, deal with this. Which, uh, Dave, I think you probably know more about than I do. But it's a FSCK or a variation thereof. FSCK HFS um, right will repair this damaged file. So I think the the thing that was brought up is that the file is damaged. How do you fix it? A lot of times the solutions either through disutility or whatever, you know, sometimes the finder would say, yep, I don't know. It's read only. It's like, that's not very useful. <laughs> so um, anyways, we got an article that talks about a specific command line solution to fixing the disk as best as the Mac OS can do. Interesting. Yeah. FSCK. So it's similar to it's, it's what disk utility runs effectively. Uh, when, when you tell mm-hmm. it to repair disk, uh, but, but he's got, uh, some, there, there's, there's a switch that he's putting in there that I don't think disk utility does that, that, that rebuilds things in a, 
in a different mm-hmm. way. So yeah, FSCK goes through the, the directory tree and, and fixes any lost pointers and, and B trees and, and all of that happy. Ha ha. I think is, is, I think that's the, that's the technical <laughs> word, right? Happy. Yes. <laughs> happy, I can't care. Happy. Ha ha. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> all right. You know what? Where are I, we think, at? I think we're, uh, I think it's time to bring the band in. Don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of chilly. Yeah, it is Don't getting. Chill. It is getting. Uh, it, it's getting. It's starting yeah, to get. Where's the band? Oh. Come on. I, I tried to bring the band in, and you know, I, why does it always happen at the end of the show that uh, when I try to bring the band in, the the sound <laughs> stutters a little bit there. There we go. The band. They were I there. Can't. They're gone. Oh. I don't hear them anymore. Do you hear them? <laughs> Great. Beautiful. Uh. Really nice. Let's try this again. There we go. <laughs> what the heck is going on here? Uh, huh. Well, that's really nice. That's special, isn't it? Gonna pause or what? I don't think so. I'm gonna try it again. Uh, that's really nice. Uh, that's special. Going on up there? It's too cold up there. I guess that's what it is. It's just gone. Mm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, we played all the comments. There's nothing different about this. So I, here's what I do. I have I have wiretap anywhere, grabbing grabbing the audio from Yojimbo and routing it to a, a virtual device as wiretap anywhere does, and then and then we're routing that out to the uh, to the thing. I don't know why. Yeah. It now the thing is. Uh, all of our audio comments, every single audio comment you've heard is Perfect. being played exactly the same way, though. All from Yojimbo. So I can't. So what you're saying is you don't know what the problem is. So That's exactly right. I'm it, really just really kind of disappointed. There's no logic behind why all the audio comments worked. And then now I thought you were the geek. I, I thought I was the geek, too. So the, the question is, can I be can I unhijack this and rehijack it? <laughs> And while we're talking, I think we're here, done. I'm pretty we're sure done. we're we're done there. But uh, you're you gonna get a snippet out of this. I I, mean, I'm gonna yeah. get something. Yeah, roar. roar! All right, <laughs> here we go. I think I got it. You're kidding! I think I fixed it. I kid you not. Two oh six 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 key. That's right. Oh yes, yeah, so we've got all the contact info to do. What? You know, I had it in the middle of the show. We did that. No, we didn't do it. We talked about what? doing it. It was in the in the schedule, but we're in the agenda, but we didn't do it. So, audio nice. comments. We like those. We play them. They they work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they can be sent to, to perfection. That's right. They can be sent to feedback at macgeekgab.com. You can attach them. You can call <laughs> us and the number John is 206-666 geek, which is 4335 and you can Skype them to us. Folks, I promise you, we have tested this now. I I am ninety. I'm at least nineteen percent certain that we have <laughs> fixed this problem with Skype, and and have it so that you can see it. And and I would really appreciate uh, a couple of you, or you know, and I, of course I asked this, and I thought I'm just going to get hundreds of these, but that's fine. Test it out for us, please. I, I worked with the folks at Skype. They, they pointed us in the right direction. I, I think we've got it. Uh, yeah. We've got it right. So uh, you can also email us audio, uh, uh, questions. What? You type them in text. Pros. 
You can type them in haiku if you want. You can type poetry. It doesn't matter. You can send that to feedback at MacGeekGab.com as well. Mm. The Skype thing, you know, here we talked about Skype. I didn't say what it was. It's MacGeekGab. Uh, and you should be able to search in Skype and find it. Um, and then lastly, but but certainly not leastly, iTunes comments are always, always, always appreciated. Awesome. Yeah. You guys wrong. And I say you guys, I, I, I mean that in the... Uh, in the sense that uh, our, our friends to the south use y'all, it's a it's an all inclusive term. You include the gals, absolutely. Oh, it, it's it's a it's a. Is that okay I, to say? Can I say gal? I hope so. Without getting like beaten. I, I I don't think you mean anything by it, other than exactly what you mean by it. <laughs> what part? There's a musical like Guys and Dolls. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, that's right. Say guy, you can say gal. Right. I think so. I mean, I don't know what else. What other term you'd use? Is guys derogatory? Mm. I don't think so. Thankfully, this isn't the politically correct geek gab. Although we try to be politically correct, we just don't. No, try we to, don't. We don't try to gab about being politically correct. No, we certainly don't. Yeah. Uh, enter the contest here at TMO. Send your haikus Go. to haiku at macobserver.com. We look forward to reading all of your submissions. Uh huh. Uh huh. And laughing behind closed doors. That's right. Such. My, Michael Johnston at iPhone Alley. Uh, Will have converted this to AAC for you. Typically, uh, he tries to do them at night. His schedule lately has been such that he's done them first thing in the morning on Tuesdays. So uh, for those of you that are missing out on it, that's that's why. Cashfly Hosting provides all the bandwidth and server storage for all of the episodes of the Mac Geek Gab. The podcast marketplace includes... The A2 desktop speakers from Audio Engine, BB Edit from Barebones Software, Disc Label from Smile on My Mac, Notebook from Surf- Circus Ponies, and back again this month, Audible at audiblepodcast.com slash MacGeekGev. So you can look forward to some book reviews from John and I a little bit later this month. Nice. Hi, yeah. Audible. All through the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. And uh, that's it. That gets us out of here. Let's hope the music keep playing, right? Oh, you hit the button. I hit the magic button. I'm going to be in Austin next week, but uh, we'll do a show. I'll bring my road podcaster and we'll do it from the, uh, from the office there. Oh. Which means I have to travel again. Oh, I know what that means. What's that? <laughs> You're going to get caught. Made up.